Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, the NYC Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and 1650 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Selena Lord, the VHHA team, and today we're excited to be joined by Sarah Anderson, a teacher, mother, and stroke survivor whose personal recovery has transitioned into a mission of sorts to support the health professionals who provided initial acute care treatment as well as subsequent outpatient therapy. With that, welcome to the podcast, Sarah, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Let's start by getting to know you a little better. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and a few of the essential things we should know about your unique story? I am a teacher. I teach at Jackson Davis um, in Henrico County. I taught kindergarten for a long time and then this year made an exciting switch to the art room, which kind of follows in with all the, the other parts of my story. I had a stroke in January of 2020 after I had a surgery and the staff at VCU caught it quickly. Um, In fact, a doctor that we're friends with had come in to visit me, and she was like, something's not right. So they caught the clot quickly and were able to remove the clot with the IV TPA treatment that VCU has for strokes. And then after that, had some issues from the stroke, left side mainly. My left arm had some weakness, left leg was dragging, and then I was also struggling with some of my speech. So got into therapy with the staff at VCU, and that was the NOW Center, but I think it's got a different name now, out in Short Pump. And they really helped me get my mobility back, um, worked with me on my speech, and then also got me back playing tennis, which was one of the things that I really wanted to get back to doing. And then while I was doing my occupational therapy, the exercises can be a little tedious. And I was like, well, maybe I can paint or finger paint or do something, you know, to still work on that mobility for my hand, but do something that's different than Play-Doh or the dough, not the dough, it's um, Theraputty, the Theraputty that they give you. And so I started out just doing, really doing like finger painting and using chalk pastels and then kind of what was like, okay, I'm going to try using a brush and was using a brush and we had all these paper paintings around the house and I'm like, what am I going to do with all these? My husband was like, usual them and donate some money back to the stroke center. So that's kind of how we started. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's always a treat to speak with people and learn about who they are. And you've kind of answered my next question, just kind of wanted to know a bit more about your experience through initial treatment and then the rehabilitation therapy process. Is there anything else that you'd like to add about that process? The staff, the the staff at the NOW Center is amazing. I mean, they were so patient. I mean, it's hard and you get frustrated very easily. At least I did. I got frustrated because I wanted to be able to do the things that I had done before. And when you think, oh, I can do this, and then you realize, oh, I can't. So just, you know, they are so supportive and I just can't say enough about the staff there and the staff is downtown. (laughs) 
And so to provide some context for our listeners, a stroke, which is sometimes referred to as a brain attack, occurs when the blood supply to the brain is blocked by a clot or tear in a blood vessel. According to the CDC, each year more than 795,000 people in the U.S. have a stroke, and it's estimated that every 40 seconds someone in this nation has a stroke. Among the keys to stroke recovery are acting fast to recognize the onset symptoms such as face drooping, arm weakness, and slurred speech, and then seeking out immediate medical care. From what I've read, um, you started painting with your left hand to help strengthen the side of your body that was affected by the stroke. And then this also snowballed into you selling those handmade paintings. So would you mind telling us a bit more about the process, maybe, you know, what it was like to first pick up that brush? Oh, they're awful. They were horrible. And I had painted before with my right hand and they look like kindergarten paintings. But it was just, it was therapeutic for me. Felt like I was actually like doing something, but they were horrible. (laughs) They were so bad. But they did, I mean, they got better. And then, you know, I had the stroke in January right before the pandemic and everything shut down. So then, you know, we didn't, I didn't have therapy for a couple months because, you know, March and April, I think I started back like April. There, like my direct therapy, I had, you know, the televisits and that kind of thing, which, you know, it's only but so much. And so I came on YouTube for like painting videos and drawing videos or just anything to kind of like help me get better. And so that's just kind of what I did. And we kept working at it. And, you know, most of them are abstracts. And then I started, once I got better motor control, I started doing some florals and some landscapes. And we've done a couple sales along the way to rate. And, you know, the money's been donated back to VCU. I'm trying to think. The initial sale we did in May, because I wanted to coincide with National Stroke Month. And then did some ornaments in December. And then I think we did, or I did, and my daughter, my daughter takes pictures of them for me. In February, we did, I did some hearts, which kind of like everybody's like, that's kind of your thing is the hearts, the concentric hearts. And then again in May. So, and then this past May, my husband is a tennis pro locally, and we had thought, you know, how great would it be to do a charity clinic? And send and have all the money go back to the stroke center. So he contacted some other pros in the area and got them to come donate their time. Some good friends of ours donated food and water and snacks. And every you know, lady signed up and signed up to participate in a, a two-hour clinic. And then we donated all the money to the stroke center. So hopefully we can continue to do that and maybe add some of the younger players or junior players to that next year. And I understand this fundraising work is an active project for you. So for people listening who may want to see your paintings or support this cause, where would you direct them online or to social media channels to learn more? Um, Most of my stuff is on Instagram at lefthandsquiggles. There may still be a link to my website, but the paintings that are on the website aren't um, up to date. Most of those have sold out. But I did, through all of this, I kind of felt like I got a second chance at life and I wanted to do something different. And so I decided to get um, my, add my endorsement to teach art. And so this year I was lucky enough to secure an art position in Henrico County at my same school. And so this year I'm teaching pre-K through fifth grade art instead of kindergarten. 
Thank you so much again for being with us today. And before we let you go, we've got a tradition on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of personal questions to give listeners a sense of who they are beyond the work they do. Um, So to keep things interesting, we've got a list of 10 mystery questions. So please choose two numbers between 1 and 10, and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. Four. And let's go with six. Number four, which, if any, of the following things do you consider to be the most plausible? Bigfoot, Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster, the Jersey Devil, or UFOs and aliens? And if none of those apply, but you believe in something else along those lines, please share it. UFOs and aliens. There's life out there. I'm convinced. Uh, Number six, in the hypothetical scenario that you had one time access to a time machine with limits, you can either travel 100 years into the past or 100 years into the future. Which direction do you choose and why? Uh, Probably 100 years in the past, just because I am fascinated by the art that was made years ago with the limited technology and limited materials that they had. So I think it would be interesting. Awesome. Well, that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Sarah Anderson, for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.